This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. The Ghostbusters ride to the rescue armed with nuclear-powered backpacks. The movie, <clears throat> the movie culminates in an earth-shattering showdown between good and evil, during which Manhattan is menaced by a monster that is 20 stories high. The movie, which is known for successfully combining comedy and special effects, is a huge hit in the mid-80s and has a lasting impact on our culture, partly because of the song that accompanied the movie. So the song, the theme song, theme song for the Ghostbusters was written by Ray Parker Jr. And it does a really good job of cueing us on who we are supposed to call when facing a supernatural threat. So the, the song repeats, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, right? At every verse, and the verse is always Ghostbusters. So I'll give you the first two verses, see if you can catch on here. All right. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? Yeah, that's right. If there's something weird and it don't look good, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, right, exactly. So it goes on and on. So at the end of every verse, it says, who are you going to call? And it's always Ghostbusters, right? So, it's, so if you're familiar with that, I, you know, I was a teenager in the 80s, so I saw the movie in the theaters and the song was on the radio all the time. And so we were always, uh, I was always, whenever anyone says, who are you going to call, I automatically think Ghostbusters. So, but this morning, I want to remind us that we have access to someone who is way more powerful than the Ghostbusters, and is actually real, which is the Lord, right? And so when we encounter challenges of supernatural order or just regular mundane challenges, we have the opportunity that we can call on the Lord. And this psalm points that out right in the middle of uh, verse 3. Uh, it says, On the day that I called, you answered me. My strength and my soul you increased. So the whole psalm revolves around the, the fact that, that David cried out to the Lord and the Lord answered him. And then, you know, that's where the whole psalm revolves around that but it's an important reminder for us because we have a tendency to call upon things other than the Lord so um, that's why I think a lot of people end up with alcohol or drug addictions because instead of turning to the Lord they'll turn to some sort of self-medication where if they're dealing with something problematic or challenging they just say well, I just can't handle it on my own, so I'll turn to some alternative. But I want us to be encouraged to call upon the Lord in whatever situation that we have. And so what, Psalm 138, I think, gives us a great blueprint for that. And so as we go through the sermon this morning, I've divided the, um, I've given you road markers for following along. And those road markers are in the form of questions. So um, we call it interrogating the text. I don't know if you noticed 
last week. Mike, uh, he didn't give us like three points for the sermon, but he, he asked questions. So that's something that helps you to follow along. If he asks a question, it's kind of like he's starting a new point. Same for us this morning. The three questions I'm going to ask of this text are, what is David's condition, as I alluded to earlier, what is David's human condition, and how can we relate to that? What is God's character, and then where do we find hope? Where do we find hope? So the first question, what is David's condition, there's three answers to it. The other questions only have one answer, so don't get concerned that this will be a nine-point sermon, okay? It's really, it's really about five points, but just don't think like, oh man, he did three answers for that first one. We're going to be here all day. It's Labor Day. We need to go celebrate. Come on. All right, so first question, what is David's human condition? The first, and the first answer we find in verse 3. On the day, verse 3 says, On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. And the emphasis I want to focus on is, My strength of soul, you increased. So the NIV version, we're reading the ESV version, the NIV version translates it as, You made me bold and stout-hearted. You made me bold and stout-hearted. So, so we can imagine that when David called on the Lord, he was probably feeling weak-hearted. If the response that he got because God answered him made him bold and stout-hearted, he was probably feeling weak-hearted. And I think we can all relate to that in some way. Sometimes we've faced really difficult, really difficult challenges in life, and we just feel weak-hearted, and we need to call on someone or something to give us some hope in that moment. Now I've experienced, I want to share two experiences with you where I have felt really, really weak-hearted. One was before I was a Christian and one was after I was a Christian. So the first is that um, when I was, before I was a Christian, I was in college and um, I was in a fraternity and we had, uh, if you're familiar with the fraternity system, you usually have like a, a big brother and a little brother and that sort of thing. So I had this little brother in my fraternity, loved him dearly. Uh, you know, long story short, he was killed in a car accident. He was driving down Highway 101 and uh, ended up hitting a tree and uh, he passed away. And so this was like the first kind of confrontation with death that I had ever experienced. Um, and I was in college, I was not a believer. And so as a fraternity, we dealt with it the best we could, but we, but there was really a lack of hope in that whole situation because the Lord was not present. He was present for sure, but not knowingly to us or to me as someone that I could call upon. And so um, we did what good fraternity guys do and we drank a lot of beer and tried to drown our sorrows and that kind of stuff. So. Um, but there was that dealing with that weak-heartedness without hope. And then the other situation that I dealt with um, was when um, I was laid off from my first uh, ministry job. And I'll never forget sitting in the congregation and the senior pastor said, you know, we're going to have to let uh, the Jung family go. You know, we just can't afford to support them anymore. 
and my heart just sank, and I was devastated. You know, there were youth that were that kind of left the church crying. It was just a, it was an awful, awful moment. I, I feel bad even sharing the moment with you. It was terrible. Um, but I was really weak-hearted. But in the following weeks, the youth actually put together a photo album and uh, reflected on some great memories that we had had. And they included in that in that photo album, they included Bible verses for encouragement. And so um, one of the key Bible verses that really stood out to me in that moment was Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for wholeness and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Do you hear the, the, the pattern there? I will call upon the Lord and he will hear me. And so in that weak-hearted moment after I read that scripture, I felt encouraged. I felt stout-hearted. I felt like there's hope to be had. And it comes from God and it comes from the word of the Lord. And so I want to encourage us in that way. As a church, we may feel weak-hearted right now. We feel like uh, Pastor Matt is no longer here. Our, our fearless leader, like Pastor Matt, led us through some very, very challenging times. And so we may feel like, uh, you know, sort of like the air is let out of the balloon or the, you know, we just feel deflated or, you know, we feel abandoned even uh, in those ways. We might feel weak-hearted, but I want to encourage us to continue to call out to the Lord during this time and that be encouraged that the Lord will provide. The Lord has his eye on Woodland Presbyterian Church and that we should be able to expect a good and fantastic and wonderful answer for who will lead Woodland Presbyterian Church into the future. All right, so now the second time I'm asking the same question, so we're still asking, okay, so what is David's human condition? The second answer we find in verse six. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. So I wanna focus in on the fact that the Lord regards, or it could be translated as sees, the lowly. The Lord regards or sees the lowly. This reminds us that no matter how small or insignificant we may feel, the Lord sees what we are going through. Remember David, King David. Remember, he was the runt of the family. God chose him to be king out of all his brothers. His brothers were tall and handsome and good-looking, and he was the the runt of the family who was out keeping the sheep. But God chose David, the lowly one, and David is the one who killed the giant, Goliath. David was anointed king, and Saul even was trying to kill David. But if you remember the story of going back and forth with David and Saul, there were several opportunities where David actually had the opportunity to kill Saul. But David stayed humble and stayed lowly and waited for the Lord to act upon the situation. And David uh, 
remained that way until he actually became king. David was lowly, and the Lord answered his prayers. The Lord sees, the Lord regards the lowly. So, so how do we feel? Sometimes we feel lowly. Sometimes we feel insignificant. Sometimes we just feel like no one really cares about what's going on in my life. I just feel alone. I feel isolated. And sometimes that is the, exactly the time when we need to cry out to the Lord, when we need to say, the Lord regards, the Lord sees me in my lowly position. Um, the, the time that I can think of personally when I felt probably the most isolated and maybe alone in some ways was um, I was working in Las Vegas. Actually, I was working in this giant warehouse and it was probably like 90 degrees in this warehouse and I was folding curtains and uh, that was my current occupation at the time. I was in a giant warehouse folding curtains and I was just thinking, wow, I went to seminary to do this? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty lowly right now. Um, but, you know, prayed to the Lord, prayed with my wife, prayed about, hey, what, what can we do to change this situation? And uh, God, through his mighty works, uh, through a, a Jewish family that we know actually provided a house we could rent in Memphis, um, through some Christian connections that I had, I was able to get a job at Memphis Athletic Ministries, and uh, through some friends of ours at church, they actually gave us a lawnmower, you know, so I went from being super just isolated and lonely in Vegas, just feeling so outcast, to being welcomed into God's family back here in Memphis and, and provided for in numerous ways. But it was the calling out to the Lord that I wanted to emphasize there. And as a church, again, we might feel like, you know, I know uh, people are uh, thinking about the attendance this morning. Um, we're thinking, wow, Woodland is really kind of low on attendance this morning. But I, I want to encourage you, the Lord has his eye on Woodland Presbyterian Church. And if we will continue to call out to the Lord, that he will answer. One of, my, one of the scriptures that applies to us this morning, I feel like, is 2 Chronicles 7, 14 and 15. It says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. God has provided this place for the worship of him for almost 70 years. And so I just wanna encourage us to continue to follow that pattern. Repent of your own sin um, repent of the sin of Woodland Presbyterian Church. Turn away from it and turn to the Lord and seek the Lord faithfully through prayer and through fellowship and through communion that we're going to do this morning. But if we humble ourselves and repent, that God will be faithful and he will hear our prayers. And he will provide for all of our needs here and that we will continue to give God the glory here at Woodland Presbyterian Church. And then um, still asking, what is David's condition? What is David's human condition? And the next answer we find, verse seven, 
Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. So I want to emphasize the part there in verse 7 where it says, um, David encounters lots of trouble during his life. So emphasizing the trouble, right? We, we all experience trouble. Well, David had tons of trouble in his life. Uh, he was often at battle with the Philistines or the Amalekites. He was uh, the object, object of King Saul's wrath even. Um, he had multiple family issues with his kingship. His own sons tried to overthrow him. But who did he call upon? He called upon the Lord, and the Lord answered him. So what trouble are, what trouble are you facing this morning? What trouble are you facing this morning? Is it personal sin? Is it family struggles? Struggles at work? Maybe you just can't get along with your boss. Relationship problems, boyfriend, girlfriend issues, spouse issues, health issues. Maybe you just can't seem to get healthy. There's a, a, a the list goes on and on, right? Financial problems, political problems, issues for real. We all deal with real issues. We all face real trouble. And I want to encourage you to answer the question of who are you going to call when you face those troubles? Who are you going to call? It's going to be the Lord. Call upon the Lord. All right, moving on to our second question. What is God's character? Now, I identified at least 10 characteristics of God in this passage in 138. I'm only going to focus on one, but I want to read the, the 10 that I identified here. Psalm 138 refers to the Lord as holy, full of steadfast love, faithful, having a name and word that is exalted above all things, having great glory, being the highest in position, but regarding the lowly, being the preserver of life, the defender against enemies, the deliverer of his people, and the one with a plan for everyone and everything. All that right there in that psalm. But out of these characteristics, I just want to highlight Again, the one fact that the Lord, although being highest in position, regards or sees the lowly. And this is a consistent characteristic for the Lord. And uh, this week in my uh, discipleship group, we were studying the, the, um, the passage in the Bible that talks about Moses and the burning bush. And in that passage, the, um, the Lord speaks to Moses and says, that the cries of the people have come before the Lord and that the Lord has surely heard them. And he says, the Lord says, I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. So the passage of Exodus 3 that I read this week and the, and the Psalm 138 paint a portrait of our God who is loving and faithful and has his eye on his people and he is attentive to their sufferings and therefore he is attentive to our sufferings and our hardship as well. In Exodus we read that the Lord hears his people who are in trouble 
and he uses Moses to deliver them out into the wilderness. In Psalm 38, the Lord hears that David, who is in trouble, and he delivers David and therefore God's people, he delivers them as well. So, um, do you feel like you are enduring a, a time of, of trouble? Are you feeling alone? Are you facing a God-sized hardship in your life right now? Then call upon the Lord. He is on high, but he regards the lowly. Psalm 138 is speaking to us this morning as a church and telling us that the Lord of God, the Lord our God is full of steadfast love and faithfulness. And just as the Lord saw the affliction and heard the cries of his people, so too this is true at Woodland Presbyterian Church. If we will just humble ourselves and pray and give thanks and praise to the one true God, then he will continue to defend us and prosper us and continue to work out his plan right here at 5217 Park Avenue. Last point, question number three. Where do we find hope? Where do we find hope? We find hope, of course, in Jesus. The Psalms were written before Jesus walked the earth in human form. But the psalm gives us uh, signs or road markers or indications of Jesus, the one true king who would come. And so I want to just highlight a few of those road markers that give us hope that Jesus is the one who is on the throne and Jesus is the one that we can call out. So if you go back to verse 2, um, David says, I bow down toward your holy temple. And we think about Jesus and his crucifixion, that he was taken outside of the city of Jerusalem and he was hung on a cross. That imagine he could probably see the temple from where he was crucified. And he actually bowed his head down. But after he said the words, uh, it is finished, it is finished. So Jesus bowed his head down and poured himself out on the cross for his people. He shed his blood for the remission of our sin for all who would believe. Now the next um, road markers are from verse 7. If kind of going back to verse 7, um, I just want to read that again. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. In that verse, I found several allusions towards Jesus. Jesus, the king of the Jews, walked in the midst of trouble and laid down his life in order to preserve our life. He is, the, he is truly the preserver of life. God the Father stretched out his hand and gave Jesus the cup of wrath that was meant for his enemies. Jesus took the cup of wrath meant for his enemies Brothers and sisters, the book of Romans reminds us that, that for while we were enemies, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And much more than that, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved 
by his life. Jesus Christ laid down his life on the cross and he took the punishment that we deserved even while we were enemies of God. Jesus truly protects us from being enemies of God and brings us into right relationship with him. Verse seven also says, your right hand delivers me. The Apostles' Creed reminds us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and from there he shall judge the living and the dead. If you are in Christ this morning, then you are delivered over from death to life. And lastly, verse eight uh, says, it's sort of a, a plea, but it's sort of a something that, it's sort of a prophetic message. It says, do not forsake the work of your hands. Do not forsake the work of your hands. And that just reminds us of the work of Jesus' hands, that he was nailed to the cross and that he appeared to Thomas, the doubter, and he said, put your hands here in my, in my nail-scarred hands. Put your hand in my side where I've been poked with a spear. I've done that for you. Believe. And, he, and it begs the question, brothers and sisters, do you believe in the work of Jesus Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross? Do you believe in that finished work? And if so... Who are you going to call on when you face trouble, when you feel alone? Who are you going to call on? You should call on Jesus Christ. He is the one that said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just want to encourage us this morning, if you are experiencing trouble, if you're feeling alone and insignificant, are you feeling like God doesn't care or doesn't see you? I want to encourage you that he does. He sees you. He cares about you. He sees us, and he cares about us as a church. So as a reminder, we're not calling Ghostbusters. We're going to call on the name of the Lord. We're going to call on Jesus, the one who has brought us into right relationship with the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.